Welcome back to yet another edition of the Swing the Twig podcast. It is a Tuesday evening as we do this. I'm Tommy Franks. Welcome back. Everyone is here except for Dom tonight. Dom will be back on uh, Friday, so you will all see him. Uh, so Jeff and Anthony are here as uh, per usual. Guys, it's happening. Yo, yo, glad to be back on here after missing last time. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we missed you, Jeff. But uh, we had some uh, interesting uh, events happen in baseball. One that was kind of we haven't seen in a very, very long time. So let's get to that. I And maybe it's not what you're talking about, Anthony, and we'll get to what you're talking about, I think. And we've debated on the quote-unquote no-hitter before. Um, or is that what you're referring to, right? Nope. Oh, well, what are you referring to? The brawl. Oh my God! Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, the um, brawl because because of the of not not because like we've seen brawls, but it's the magnitude of this brawl. Like it hasn't like, and a brawl I don't think has gotten this out of hand since like the Cardinals and Reds back in the day with um, Chris Carpenter. Well, on the let's team. start. So you know what? Let's switch gears and let's start there since Anthony's talking about it already, and that's that's the perfect place to start actually because, so. I want to date back here. So there's a there's great breakdown videos out there. John Boy did one of them. On, he's a great YouTuber. Um, he's got a great video out detailing the history. But just to sum it up, I mean, Justin Upton was hitting the head one time in this Mariners-Angels matchup. And then Mike Trout was hit, uh, almost hitting the head one time, I think the night before this brawl happened. And then uh, Phil Nevin, the now interim manager of the Angels, it decided to put in some a guy for his MLB debut named Michael Wants. And he came in, hit Julio Rodriguez, second at bat, and then he hits Jesse Winker in the in the uh, top of the second inning. Jesse Winker obviously was getting chirped at by the Angels bench, bench getting a little like, oh, what the hell's going on? And then the Angels bench, him and he, he him and the Angels bench just clashed. And from there on, it was fist fights galore and, um, you know, all over the place. And um, obviously, guys, to sum it up, Phil Nevin got the biggest suspension at 10 games, and uh, Winker actually received the second most uh, games, seven. Uh, there are fines that are undisclosed. We will not know the amount of that. Anthony Rendon actually slapped Jesse Winker in the face, believe it or not. If you want to watch the video to this, uh, we, you can go back and uh, look on YouTube, but it's really phenomenal. If you're, if you're a guy like that's a UFC fan or you're, you're a woman that's a UFC fan or whatever, or any sort of boxing, fighting, combative stuff, this is your kind of thing. Um, because there were so many uh, um, little fights going on, but mainly circulating around Winker and uh, a bunch of the Angels players. Um, is there anything you guys disagree with with the rulings, by the way? In terms of the suspensions? Yeah, like, did you think someone got too much, too little? I mean, I think it's all fair. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like, it, it, it's, you know, I understand there's, like, the unwritten rules in the game, and I get that, but... There is kind of this fine line of where, like, you don't want to go overboard. Because, for example, you guys just saw Archie Bradley's out for a month because of what he did. He, like, went over the rail or something, tried to get into the fight, and he messed oh, he up fell. his arm. Yes, yeah, so, and, and he's out for a month because, of, like, like that's the stuff that can happen when you get into these altercations. Like, I think the players kind of forget that, or maybe some of them do in the heat of the moment, where they can get hurt. If you guys, like... You know, if you remember, I think this was like seven years ago, Zach Granke and Carlos Quinton at the time got into it. And he and Zach and Granke literally elbow or like went shoulder in on, on uh, Carlos Quinton and he was out for two months. Like you, you have to realize 
the repercussions of your actions and they could be severe to your career and to your team as a whole so sure. i just think that and you know the umpires have to do a better job of you know really handling that because it's it, at the end of the day like it's not a good look in, in the grand scheme of things you know for baseball jeff is there anything you um what was the one you think you disputed not so much a dispute but I just find it hilarious that the the interpreter got suspended for two games. <laughs> not not a player or a coach or anything. The interpreter got two game suspension. Not one game either. Two games. Well, I which is, I, what's that? Sorry. Which I, I I just think that's hilarious. You know, I I can never <laughs> remember a translator one getting in a fist fight like that and two getting a suspension because of it. Yeah, I mean. I saw the most I saw was Shohei's Shohei Otani's interpreter, um, his translator or whatever. He was kind of like hugging him away, like pushing away, like all right, that's enough, dude. And Shohei was like, I, I forget which Mariner it was, but Shohei was hugging one of the Mariners back. He's like, he's just lightly going along. He's like pat on the back, like he's like, I I want nothing to do with this. Um, so as his reward, he's playing. So he's playing uh, uh, as we do this podcast tonight. He's pitching for the Angels. So that's a. Uh, you know, that's something you, you want to see. Uh, your star player is not getting involved in that kind of thing. On the other hand, again, Winker, seven games. Uh, Rendon, who was already hurt with um, – he had some sort of injury, if you guys saw when he slapped Winker. He slapped with his – I think his – was that his – no, it's his non-dominant hand. With his left it, hand. It was it, – yeah, it was whatever hand isn't injured. Yeah, his left hand. I saw that because it's not as dominant because he he's righty. So that yeah. was um, – so, yeah, that was uh, pretty funny. Assistant pitching coach. I mean, J.P. Crawford got suspended. Andrew Wance, obviously. We don't have to mention that. He was the one that hit Jesse Winker. Um, <laughs> what's that? What are you laughing at? J.P. Crawford. If you if you guys have not already, go back and look at only J.P. Crawford and what he does. He gets this guy in a headlock and just starts body shotting this dude like five consecutive blows in a row. He treated it's like a UFC fight, huh? Oh yeah, it it was fantastic. Like the this dude is scary. I now do not want to fight JP Crawford at all. He's number one on that list. <laughs> no, that's um I I gotta imagine. Yeah, I I mean guys, what do we think about the whole thing though overall, like in terms of uh how intense this was? Obviously Anthony said and he's right, this is the biggest really biggest fight not really that a brawl where it's like a stupid little brawl players come out of the dugout you know all that little pushing thing this is an actual fight do we like it the idea of baseball going to this sort of thing is it do we i mean is it a low for the low point for the game where do we stand on this i mean i just don't like it for the fact that players can get injured like this and okay. it's not good for the team like you know it's like when it's not your team, like, I mean, you can kind of live with it, but, like, I know, like, some some other people outside of the game, whether it be analysts or whatnot, weren't happy to see this go down. And, but if it's happening with your team, right, you don't want to see, you know, I'm sure there are fans of Jesse Winker in Seattle. They're not happy that he went down. And, you know, obviously, thank God, like, Chowder and Ortani didn't get hurt severely because if they went down, I mean, all hell would break loose in L.A. So... It's just yeah, they just I don't like it for the fact that it could cause injuries when they there doesn't need to be, and they're just they're absolute flukes. What if it was a one on one, like a one on one fight, not so much a brawl? What if no. it was like the Bryce Harper incident with uh, was it Strickland many years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, I mean that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have my, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just saying it just from an injuries perspective and just how like, you know, the game. 
from a fan perspective and from a, I guess, viewer's perspective, isn't doing great. And, like, I mean, and it's, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of sad that, like, the only time we're getting talked about is because of this kind of stuff, not because of the play. Anthony, you sound like you're advocating like a like a front office guy. <laughs> I mean, I am. I mean, I just I don't I don't know. Like, you just have to. You know, it's like it's not. Like it's I don't know. I just I just find it difficult to kind of be on board with it because it's just like you want to advocate fighting in a sport that is kind of declining. And and I and I put and I put something in the chat. That's something we'll talk about later of how like the highest on base percentage in the America in the I think in the American League or in the whole league this year was once the lowest on base percentage in the American League or in the whole league twenty years ago. That's mm-hmm. how far like I guess down the league has come from a hitting perspective. And, you know, it's not this offensive firepower, but I'm going I'm going off topic, but I'm not I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it, you know. If it's, like, them shouting or whatever, yeah. But even then, like, I wasn't even a fan of the whole Donaldson thing because I'm just, like, like I don't want, like, I don't need the drama. Like, I don't want the drama. Mm-hmm. I deal, you already deal with it enough there in New York. We already deal with it with the fact that everyone wants to kind of, now we have the massive target on our back, not because we won the championship, but because we're New York. And I also have to deal with all the drama in Brooklyn. I'm just not happy about it. So. Oh, you're looking at it from a whole angle. <laughs> All yeah. resorts, all resorts back to uh, to, to uh, basketball. Um, but no, I mean, I mean this this thing is. I mean, as a hockey guy, Jeff, like I, I, I kind of, su- I don't support it, if you know what I mean. But you you yeah, know what I mean. Like I, it's, it's something that I, I don't hate it. Right. Yeah, I mean it. It, it's so weird because, like, I would say it's a bad look for the sport just because, like, when you see people being targeted to that extent, like, it's obviously bad for the sport. But then again, look at any single bit of mass media consumption on this and it's blowing up. This is what the sports world, not the baseball world, the sports world is going to be talking about for the next few days now. It's all they've spent the past couple of days talking about, really, is this brawl and the suspensions and everything else. So, morally, it's bad look for the sport. But in terms of publicity, it's phenomenal. You go to Instagram and everyone's saying, oh, finally, a real fight in baseball. You know? Mm-hmm. So, in terms of that, it's actually a good look for the sport. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how I you know that's how I took it. Like, okay, like okay, we guess we see guys that are going back and forth. It's like a real thing. Like I don't, I see where Anthony's coming from with the, on the side of you know protecting players and things like that. And I know that's where uh, sports are currently they're heading that direction in terms of protecting players more. Yeah. What's yeah, that? and I, I, I will say, uh, kind of last point I'll make on this. The who really hurts from this is the Angels. These guys were already on a free fall this season. J- just look at their recent record. They're in free fall mode right now. Mm-hmm. This is le- legitimately the last thing they needed to not only intentionally go after a guy like that, but to have, what, like 10 different people suspended because of it. At, at that point, you pretty much resign yourself to another season of sub-500 baseball. That's that's what they've done right here with this low-class move, really, is what it is. So I'm... Yeah. 
the Angels have given up the season at at this point already in June, ju- just based off of their actions in this brawl here. I mean, with the, I don't want to sound like a little child here. That's not my intent. But who do you want to say be, started this or orchestrated this in the first place? The Angels. I guess. Okay. I don't want to sound like a child yeah. here. He started it. He he started it. Well, but, someone had to. Like it's not right? just happened all willy nilly. Like it wasn't I mean, planned. Like the way I look at it, it was the Angels because of Upton getting hit to the head. I don't think it was intentional. Upton get, Upton getting hit to the head, but I think that's certainly orchestrated to what it is now. And yeah, then Mariners retaliate to Trout. Yeah, it 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 sparked it. But at the end of the day, who who's the one that gave the order to intentionally throw? It and that was. Would, it was Phil Nevin. Nevin. Yep. So at the end of the day, it fault has to lie on the Angels, specifically on Phil Nevin. And if you don't believe Jeff, um, there's actually a little video snippet that John Boy did a fantastic job of lip lip reading for Andrew Wentz or Michael Wentz or Andrew Wentz, whatever, um, and going in this back and forth with Jesse Winker, and there and Jesse Winker's like, why'd you hit me? And Wentz is like, well, sorry, man, I was told to. And Jesse Winker's like, you told me to? That's basically, you could read the lips. And once you heard John Boy say it, and you can kind of match it up, it was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. It's so obvious. He hit, the, he hit Julio Rodriguez and, and then Jesse Winker. My problem with this is a lot of people are going to get oversensitive with the hit by pitches in the future for ones that aren't intentional because we've talked about before here, guys. Balls get uh, – pitchers are admitting – a lot of pitchers are admitting now that it's much harder to grip a baseball. Am I wrong? It's much harder to actually get a firm grasp on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're, off. Yeah, they're, they're, like, complaining about the seams and, like, how they're different and everything. Right. My concern is, is you know, the fact that they're – that eventually, you know, more guys are going to get hit and then more teams are going to get sensitive to this kind of thing and – what are the pitchers going to – the pitchers are just going to put his arms up. He's going to be like, what did I do? Like, it, like I can't grip this baseball. They gave me the slippiest – like, it's such a slippery baseball. Um, you know, that's the, that's the way I guess the game is today. And, and tack on the fact that there's no spider tack or any, any sort of, like, super grippy stuff that pitchers can use. That's a big disadvantage too. And I think that was also something that Garrett Cole was alluding to in that argument last year when the whole spider tax scandal began was this is about player safety. It's about pitchers being able to grip and aim for the strike zone efficiently. If we don't have it, something like spider tack, then we're going to be hitting more guys. It's going to be a lot more dangerous. And you just saw with Bryce Harper, who we're going to get to uh, in a moment. I mean, he took a pitch to the, to the, was it the hand or the elbow? The thumb. Um, the thumb. Yep. Yeah. The thumb right to the thumb, fractured thumb. He'll be out for, thank God, only six weeks apparently. But I mean, that's the consequence you're paying for the type of baseball you want. That's um, that's uh, wild to me. But, guys, as we were about to start the podcast tonight, I saw some new news about Freddie Freeman. And he was my bro of the week last week for what he said in Atlanta and how he, how he acted and everything. And obviously for what he did for the Braves and kind of like a shout-out thing. And Freddie Freeman... Um, uh, reportedly, according to uh, Buster Olney, I think, of ESPN, Freddie Freeman is apparently getting rid of his agent and moving on to a new one eventually. But apparently there was a memo Jeff sent out to all of the other 
uh, agents basically saying, do not contact Freddie Freeman. Um, he's requested not to be contacted. And, yeah, the email is often sent when a player changes agents. So that was John Hammond's report on the, uh, on the email sent uh, going around the league to the union. Um, does this confirm any theories that we had about Freddie Freeman wanting to stay with the Braves and not wanting to leave originally? Like, the Dodgers were his absolute last resort, correct? I mean, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say last resort. I think that dubious honor has to go to, like, the Royals or something like that. But in, in terms of teams that actually had a chance at getting him, yeah. I would say the Dodgers probably were the last team. Um, still, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, it, baseball is a business. You right. Know, unfortunately, the sport has become a business for good or bad. And you're always going to have players that seemingly flip allegiances, but now knowing that this might not have been Freddie's intention the whole time that it might have been his agent more than anything that 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 that's a little concerning at least if you're Freddie Freeman or anyone around Freddie Freeman right yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, because you could tell how emotional he was when he when he came out to Atlanta. Obviously, he got the ring, and he's obviously adored by the fans, and he was crying in the press conference. But, I mean, to Jeff's point, and we all get this, and, you know, our superstar, Mr. Aaron Judge, he gets it too. I mean, it's a business. You're out there to get the most money, and I think that you, as a fan, you like to see kind of the vulnerability that Freddie Freeman shows because I think he really wanted to stay. But at the end of the day, you have to look at it from an organizational standpoint, and which is honestly what for Yankee fans are going to have to look at this come off season. Like, for example, like my, my theory is this with, with Aaron Judge. I'll say this right now, then I'll get it to back to Freeman. If we win the World Series with Aaron Judge and we give him a fair deal and he still walks, you got to be okay with it. You got to be okay with it. If we give him 270 at seven years, or whatever, or 280, and he says no, and he goes somewhere else, you gotta be all right, we got we got the ring, and that's it. And that's the same thing, I think fans, I think in Atlanta were okay with it, and I think Freddie Freeman's gotta be okay with it, because at the end of the day, timing is everything, and unfortunately with him, he, you know, he, he signed an extension with them when he was young, and so it led to him being a free agent now instead of maybe a couple years ago when maybe he could have got the eight-year deal and he could have been a Brave for life. And same thing with Judge, too. He's going to be in that same boat. Um, you know, and it just sucks because, you know, these were guys that were, well, Freeman was brought up earlier than Judge, but Judge got brought up when he was 25. You know, that's kind of a little bit on the older side for a rookie. Whereas, like, he, I think, was brought up when he was, like, 20, 21, Freddie Freeman. So, you know, I think they had some time to get a deal done or an extension. But he didn't peak until later on in his career. Like, he didn't have the breakout season at 26, 25. He broke out when he was 29, 28, like, 30. Like, that's when he, that's when he broke out. So the timing just didn't work out for him. Yeah, that's um, that's accurate. Yeah, and I I would say with Freeman, um, I would say yeah, I would you know back to the argument. It's just to that. It's a sign that I think with the agent going, this is him leaving Atlanta now. Today's Tuesday as we do this. They've just played their series in Atlanta. Freddie went through all the emotions, 
And I think once he – you have to think Freddie, his wife Chelsea, his family probably went to Atlanta as well uh, for that weekend series, his kids. And you got to imagine he's sitting there with his old teammates in Atlanta. And you got to think that he's in some hotel somewhere in Atlanta one of these nights, probably the first night, and he's thinking about it. He's really thinking about the decision to leave. I'm just talking about the timing of the, the agent uh, dropping and things like that because it comes at a really weird time right after the series, and it's like, okay, I think he had more of an emotional uh, thought behind it where it's like, oh, my God, like I really want to stay. And and uh, I, I felt that from him. I could tell he wanted to stay in that press conference. There, Nothing from that press conference told me he wanted to leave Atlanta. Something tells me that he would have stayed for, for less money in Atlanta even. He was not as greedy as he came all, as as – he didn't seem as greedy as his agent was. And I think that's, if I can make a theory on that, because I don't, I can't confirm that, um, I, that's probably why he got rid of the agent. You know, he, he had more reflection on it. He wanted to be in Atlanta. He said, wow, what a mistake he, I made by coming to L.A. No, he went to a great team. He was supposedly a great team, the Dodgers. Um, but at the same time, you know, he had this – not dynasty, I don't want to say, but he had this longtime team that he's been with his whole career, 15, 16 years, and all of a sudden he leaves because his agent uh, gets greedy with the money. Um, I get it. I don't know if you guys disagree or whatever. I mean, I mean, from an agent perspective, right, when you have, and I learned this in, 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 a, in a college class I took, is that when, you, when you're an agent, and Scott Force is a prime example of this, and, and, and I guess Freeman's agent is as well. When you have big clients like Freddie Freeman, like Aaron Judge, like Max Scherzer, you want your guys to get the most money possible, not only for them, but for you, because you get a cut on that contract. And however much money they make, you get a pre. And, and let's say, like for example, like his what was 162, 150, right? That deal with LA, so he's got yeah. he's probably getting what an eight percent cut of whatever that total is. That's I'm a sure. lot of that's a lot of money. So I'm you sure. know you got to look at it from that perspective too. But you know I think Freeman's like either way. If I would have took maybe a hundred million or something, that's still a lot of money too. You know, like it's 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 this weird thing. But you know, everyone says you know I hear it in basketball and baseball. Look, they want players want their money because you, it's like once in a lifetime. You have kind of one shot. I guess in in baseball, really, you really have only one shot in free agency, so you got to capitalize on it. And that's what the agents want to do too. But you know, I know the report that said was like Freeman was pissed that it went public. That it was also very public. But you are off of you are at the time Oak champion and you're the most popular player going into the off season. It's going to be public whether you like it or not. That's just how it is. When you when you're that popular in the sport because at one point, right? After the World Series, he's the face of baseball for 2 months before the lockout goes down. It's going to be publicized. And this, that's just how it is and you just got to suck it up and deal with it. What are the odds that Freeman Anthony goes back to Atlanta at a certain point? I mean, how old is he? 32. He's not. He's not going back. Alex Anthopoulos is looking at it from a business and organizational perspective. He's not looking at this from a vulnerability and an emotional perspective, like you would, for example, like a Kobe Bryant in basketball, where they're like, "Okay, we're gonna give you 25 mil per year because of what you have done for us." Now, what you could do for us, but what you have done for us, that's not Alex Anthopoulos' way of doing business, and he's. They're not gonna do. They're not gonna do the deal unless. Unless the haul that they would have to give up 
for Freeman isn't a lot. But I don't think that's going to happen. Because that still is a lot of money they'd have to put on the books. And you have to worry about, you know, Acuna is very young. They're going to have to possibly pay him or maybe move on from him at some point if they can't get a deal done, even though he is on a very team-friendly deal for the time being. Um, you know, I know Dansby Swanson, he's young too. Yeah. You know, they, they have other stuff to worry about. So I think Freeman is kind of like, it's a chapter that Freeman's got to close. Look, he started his career there, won the MVP, won a ring. You just got to move on. The days of being on one team for your entire career is, is, is just really rare now. What are the odds that Freeman, okay, if there's no good odds on Freeman to go back to Atlanta, how about a one-day contract before retirement? Then, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what Ichiro yeah. did with Seattle. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think totally I think that's gonna happen. I think he's gonna sign. I think you're right. He's gonna do a one day deal and and um and sign with uh and sign with, with Atlanta. Atlanta because yeah, yeah, Ichiro, yeah. Ichiro did it, and I think someone did it for the Yankees too. I'm forgetting who did it though. I think that could it have was, been a trivia question. Yeah, I think I know who it is. I might have to look it up, but it well, was someone we'll recent. Going. But yeah, yeah. We'll keep it going. but yeah, but but he'll definitely sign a one-day deal. Yeah. Okay, so that's so that's probably gonna happen. Uh, yeah, I just feel bad in a lot of ways um, with this whole situation because it's, it's clear he didn't want to leave. Um, it's one of those things that you know I think he if 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 he if he had a chance to go back and redo the negotiations, I think he would. Um, that's something I think for sure, uh, without a doubt in my mind. That's something I really think uh, he would want to take on one more time. Uh, guys, I mean, I got I got to move on here because we got a lot a lot to get to. Combined no hitter. Um, are we still saying this is ridiculous, or uh, I mean, Anthony and I were really close to seeing a second no hitter before the Yankees decided to uh, pull a comeback and score six runs in oh I don't know three innings, four innings. Um, but I mean, looking at it, I mean, do we believe in combined no hitters? The Astros just did it with three pitchers against the Yankees. They did it with Christian Javier starting Presley to close it. There's no lu- there's no lust to it. Nothing still. Yeah. There's no there's no lust. What what's so great about it? Okay, it's like right. first of all, it's not a perfect game. I mean, if it was a perfect game, I mean, I guess. But even then, it wasn't the it wasn't one pitcher. So it's like, you know, because from a pitcher's perspective, and I know Jeff, you you can attest to this. It's like it's more special because of the fact that you've gone through the lineup so many times and you, you've had them on their toes from first pitch. When you have other guys in it, it, it doesn't have that same factor because they have to readjust to that pitcher. It's like the pitcher has to readjust then to the hitter. That's why, I make that, that's why it's so special. So these, these combined no-hitters are just utter just, I just, they're just whatever to me. It's like, oh, great, it happened, big deal. Like, you, they didn't even celebrate that, that, you know, like, it wasn't even that big of a deal to them, you know? They weren't, like, bouncing up in, like, in a circle huddle or anything. They was like, oh, yeah, we won, okay. Like, I don't think they even know. Like, I don't think they care that it was, it's not a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not... I mean, they all they all celebrate it pretty heavy at Yankee Stadium on the mound too, because that's. I mean, you're gonna celebrate Yankee Stadium if you're the Astros. How could you not? I mean, I would if I were them. Considering you get this onslaught of booze from your from the top half of your lineup, I mean, it's it's um, it's obvious to me why they would. So I get it. But hey, impressive. Christian Javier went 115 pitches, so he physically couldn't go the whole time for a no hitter. Uh, really, that would have been really hard to do. 130 some pitches, maybe 140. 
Um, right? I mean, that's just it. That's just so difficult to throw a no-hitter at that, you know, that pitch count with, a, what, two innings to go? That's just way yeah. too difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not talking about it. I, I just refuse to even acknowledge that happened, and not, not, not because I'm salty about it or anything, but because... It. But because of the way that we bounce back the next game, you know, still being held hitless in 6.1 innings, then Giancarlo Stanton comes in, blasts that shot, the entire energy in that state, the entire energy in the Bronx changed. If it that wasn't, the for, ener- if it the wasn't en- for the, what's that, Jeff? I'm sorry. The energy in my house changed for crying out loud. <laughs> just wa- just watching the game, you know, it went from, are we really going to do this again, to, okay, we got the monkey off our back. Now let's go out and win this game. The DJ LeMayu home run, I think, the two-run shot to tie it was the one that really was like, all right, you know, they're, they're, they're slowly back. They got it. Yeah. I think they even got off to a slow start against uh, Oakland uh, the other night on Monday night. And they got off to a slow start there, and then look what happened. And from, like, the fifth inning on, this is, like, all of a sudden, this is, like, the, one of the best second-half teams in a game. Like, the last four innings are their prime innings where they score all the runs now, all of a sudden. And from the fifth inning on in, in the Oakland game, granted it's the A's, um, they just put on this slugfest of runs. They were down 5-1 at one point. They win the game by four runs. Second half of the game was just a absolute annihilation. I mean, I mean, it's also easy to do when... Uh, when uh, the pitcher gives up two walks, there's two catcher interferences in the same inning. That that makes it a little easy, but you know, sure. still hit two doubles to cash in those runs. So we we still did our part to make sure that we got that lead and kept that lead, but we had a lot of help with that. Oh sure, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's um, you know, you gotta you gotta love the the Yankees' effort. Uh, again, leading the league and comeback wins, leading the league and. Um, they lead the league in the least, I think, blown, blown leads um, for losses as well. I think with like seven. So also incredible. They lead the league in, that, in both those stats and comebacks and uh, blowing leads and losing, which is the lowest number. Yeah. Um, so that's – guys, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the injuries, and I, I think we have to make some uh, quite drastic adjustments to our all-star teams, do we not? We, we just did this like two weeks ago. I went through a whole thing with you guys where it was like, all right, let's do a little rapid fire. We shout out all our teams. Uh, and now, you know, and we post them all in the video, on a video podcast and everything. We, uh, you know, it's, it's been uh, a lot of injuries, guys. Have you guys looked specifically? It's bad. I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. I, I know. I think... I want to say I had Harper on my team, and I might have to remove him because. You, were you the one that had Garrett Cooper or Bryce Harper? SDH. Oh no, I Garrett Cooper. I Garrett That's right. Cooper. That's I right. Garrett Cooper. Yeah. That's right. Because I was doing the teams, I was I was filling out the sheets. Um, yeah, you had Garrett Cooper. I had Bryce Harper. Everyone had Bryce Harper as their NLDH on this <sighs> podcast. Dom did too. Um, so that was. But we, I think, did we all have Manny Machado at third base? Yes. Yep. That's gone. Forget it. That's uh, that's not uh, that's not happening. Uh, no shot. And um, I think that's that's really it. But that's significant, guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the Machado injury. It's like you know we talked to Don about it. It's like it's an ankle sprain. X rays came back negative, so they dodged a major bullet there. But you know the Harper injury. I mean, it sucks because it's like, you know. It wasn't intentional, right? He didn't mean to hit him, 
and Harper oh, even yeah. said it. He said, "I didn't know." I just and he's like screamed at him. Said, "I know you didn't mean to hit me, but like, but he he said like you know you know he said you know he said profanity, which I get. It's like a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball to the thumb. You're gonna break it. Oh, it if hurts. It, yeah, that's why I was mad. And if it's to the well, no, well that because it broke. If it was to the like, if he said if it was to the face or to like maybe the elbow or like somewhere where there's a little bit more meat, it'd probably sting. You'd probably get red or probably bad bruise. But he wouldn't be out for six weeks. Hey, he ought to be fortunate he's out for six weeks. That could be way worse. That could be like, you know, 10, 15, something crazy. Uh, the fact that he's only out for six weeks, I think, is incredible. It means he gets to come back towards the end of the season. Hopefully yeah. the Phillies are making some sort of run, if, some, if anything. Yeah, they got, they, got, they got two teams to worry about, so I, I really doubt it. I mean, uh, what's I don't know. I think, I think on another cold streak, it's over for them. Think yeah, so? They, yeah, I mean, the Phillies are, what, eight back from the Mets. Okay, that's further than I thought. Um, but there's third place, so Atlanta's five back from the Mets, so that's second. So they're three behind Atlanta, eight behind Philadelphia. Uh, or, excuse me, not Philadelphia. They're eight behind New York. Screw, eh, screwed up on that one. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that, that is a little further out. Uh, so that's going to be uh, pretty challenging, safe to say. Have you guys looked at – by the way, I'm scrolling through right now. Have you guys looked at the division race in the AL East? Obviously, we know who's winning the division. I'm talking about the rest of the division. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of – it's interesting. Honestly, I'm – I I'm love a, looking I'm, at it. <laughs> honestly, as a Yankee fan, I'm so happy watching this and just, like, watching a bunch of decent teams. One team that was really overhyped this season fighting against all these other teams that – like, the Red Sox are a legitimately good team. They're coming back now. Apparently, they have the hottest record in baseball next to the Yankees. And they're the and they've only guess how far they've only caught in the Yankees a half a game. That's it. The Yankees have been that good to where the Red Sox can go on this ridiculous 19 and four run in the last 23 or something like that. And the Yankees they only caught a half a game on the Yankees. Isn't that incredible, guys? Normally yeah, I mean, be nervous. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm just happy that we started as hot as we did because it just shows that it really helped us in the long run. But like. You the gotta get props. The fact yeah. that they're keeping up with it, though. Yeah, I know, and you gotta give credit to Baltimore too. They're only five under five hundred. You know, you gotta. Give I love the Orioles. Yeah, you, you gotta give props to them and Toronto, man. I just saw a stat where fuck, they gave Jose Barrios one hundred and thirty-one million dollars over seven years. This guy has yep. one of the worst ERAs in baseball right now, and is giving up the second most home runs in the league. They're screwed. They're screwed. Not to mention the Kikuki, Kikuki, Kikuchi acquisition Kikuki. from Seattle. Yeah, no, they are really, really screwed. If if and if Barrios doesn't figure it out, because they have to eat all that money or trade now, for him and get nothing back in return. To that point, Ryu's out for the year too. I just have to drop him in fantasy now. Yep. We just, by the yep. way, let's up, we'll update fantasy in a sec, Jeff, and I'll change. I'll yep. update. Us, I'll update everyone on the rule change, but that we have made to the league, and it's minor, but it's important for everybody. Um, it's good news for everybody. But, um, yeah, reuse out for the year to your point, Anthony. I mean, the, wh who's on the Jays' rotation right now that's actually effective besides maybe Gosman? Manoa. Hey, uh, Alex, oh, Alex yeah, Manoa. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Manoa, yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, I think Jeff was – were you there, Jeff, for his first, first uh, MLB start? Yep, with that me? double header. Yeah, you were there with me. And uh, so Manoa – we saw Manoa's first uh, MLB start, and, and look at him now. Uh, where he basically blanked the Yankees the whole and uh, like Jeff, what were the two people in the stadium that day for that day game? 
they grow they grow up so fast. <laughs> yeah. Manoa has a good uh, ERA kind of, and um, yeah, he's doing well. So that's that's who they got. And Gaussman, I mean, after that, who else do the Jays have? It is that it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, no one. I mean, no one. No one of substance. I mean, I'll tell you right now who's. I mean, they're playing the. They're beating the Red Sox, which I mean, in our mind, is a good thing. And they have Ross Stripling. He's not terrible, but like. He's he's not terrible. But like, this was a team that was supposed to win the division, and they were supposed to win it easily. Yeah. That's uh. They yeah. can. They, I mean. Look, they can still make the playoffs, especially with the expanded playoff format this year. Again, that extra team in there. Hype right now, all three teams in the AL East right now could very well make the playoffs right now as wildcard teams. And the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays can all make the playoffs right now. And let me tell you, if the Blue Jays keep sliding, and if Baltimore starts playing like a good baseball team, they could very well take that spot from the Blue Jays, and we'll see the Blue Jays in fifth place, and Baltimore make the playoffs. <laughs> I, did, you really, I, did you really just say that last uh, that last fragment of your sentence there? Look, a, a, a guy can dream. A guy, a, a guy can dream. I mean, and, and that's great for Baltimore, not only as an organization, but for I the fans. It. I mean, because you go through... You know, you're at one point, right, in, in, like, the early 2010s, right? You have this kind of core with Adam Jones, and you had a young Machado, and a prime Chris Davis, and you had some veterans, and Delman Young, and Nelson Cruz, and you're like, all right, we have something. And then it just all falls by the wayside, and you got to rebuild again. And, and then you get the hitless record on top of it, and all of that stuff. And then Trey Mancini being out for all that stretch of time. Thank God he's, thank you know, thank God he beat the cancer, but still... You know, still lost them for that time. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. The Orioles. I gotta, I gotta love that team. It's um, yeah. I think, I think I was just talking about with this with Jeff Anthony before we started. I mean, Adley Rushman. I think ever since he came on the scene as the new catcher for the Orioles, obviously first MLB games. I gotta tell you, they look really good since he came on. Yeah, he kind of gave him that spark, and you know, it was. It was time to bring him up. I mean, you know, he was number one. He was number one prospect in, in the country for God knows how long, and he was he was your number one pick. You really, I don't think they should have kept him down there as long as they did. But I mean, at the end of the day, it helps with his development. But I mean, good for him, and you know, just good for the team. It just it, it makes it it's good to see Baltimore kind of you know winning, you know, being competitive again, you know, at least from afar while we're not playing them. Even when yeah. we do play them, like. You know, we we handle their pitching no problem. So, um, as long as our our pitching continues to be pretty solid, then you know I, I can't fear too much about the Orioles. But they do have a spark. They're a good team uh, right now. I don't even know what they're. I think their last ten. What are they guys like? They're they're above five hundred in their last ten, right? Yeah, seven and three. Seven and three. Yep. And their run differential. Wow, their run their run differential on the season is only minus eighteen right now. How about that? That's really not bad. That is really not bad, especially considering how bad their pitching staff typically is. That's a really encouraging sign for that's them. A gr that's a great sign. And mm. now compare that to the Yankees, plus 148. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ridiculous team. 
It's a ridiculous team. What, what a difference. I, I can't wait. Jeff and I are going to see the Orioles and Yankees uh, next month a little bit. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I, I, Camden Yards is a beautiful park. So that's a, always a fun place to go down and watch the Orioles from. So that's um, that's really fun. Uh, Jeff, while, while we're at it, um, we were while you're talking about expanded playoffs, we had a discussion here last week about the, how expanded playoffs was supposed to increase the competition. And now there's a record for, you know, six teams that could potentially um, are on pace to finish over 100 losses. Uh, does that surprise you at all? Or does someone have to finish above 100 losses? I mean, you just look at, you know, there's always that team that loses 100 games. You know, it, it it's just the state of baseball. You know, there's always that one team that gets 100 losses, just like there's always that team that gets 100 wins. You know, it's abnormal when it doesn't happen. The fact that there are six teams on pace to get 100 or more losses is a little bit concerning, but I, I, I don't think I don't think there's any correlation or causation between these two things. You know, expanded playoff format really only affects the top teams and the slightly better than mediocre teams. It really doesn't do anything for the bottom feeders. The rule that would more impact that, I think, would be the draft lottery um, being put into play. So teams have less incentive to tank now, which is cl clearly not happening right now. There are still there are still those six teams clearly tanking already in June, but I I I don't think there's any correlation between between those two events. Do you do you want to guess who the six teams are that are in that? Uh, projected to finish 100 losses. Oh, I I listened to the podcast, so I I I already heard who they are. But <laughs> okay, perfect. It 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 hasn't it hasn't surprised me too much seeing how the start of the season has treated those teams. We're playing one of the the Yankees are playing one of them uh, this right now in, in a series. So that's uh yeah that's something that's something to watch out for as well. Uh, so that's that's that. I, that's an interesting point. Uh, you know. Uh, how many playoff? What is the playoff order exactly now? Um, What's playoff or playoff order is going from? What is it? It's going from five teams to six teams. Okay, so that's the difference. Yeah. So instead of instead of three teams getting a buy, getting a buy, and the two wild card teams playing each other, I believe now it's. I believe now it's four teams playing and only the top two teams get a buy. So there will be a divisional winner playing a wild card team. Okay. I, I believe I believe that's how it's working now. Interesting. Um, all right, while we're, while we're at it, we are going to update on the fantasy rule changes and then we can kind of go over who won and who lost, Jeff, in a minute. We have decided as a core, we're not doing a Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson thing where I change the rules and someone gets pissed here. Uh, we're not doing that kind of thing here. Uh, everyone agreed to the rule change. Actually, Jeff was the one who proposed it uh, because he wanted to get rid of Lucas Giolito, who has been really struggling. And ESPN did not let him uh, get rid of his pitcher because uh, he already drafted him. And ESPN said, you know, because you drafted him, you can't get rid of him. We just made that rule change today. You are now able to basically drop and do transactions with players that you draw that you drafted early on 
in our draft that we did before the season started. Just about a week before opening day, I think we did it. So that's that's that. That's the new rule change. Jeff, who won, who lost? I know I lost, but let's get the scores. Yeah, it, they, they were really close matches this week. Um, Dom ended up edging Tommy at the end, and I actually had to come back from like 20, 30 points down to beat Anthony uh, over the weekend. Oh, that's but, a... Uh... Tough yeah, loss, it, tough loss it was close. It was it was really close. That's uh, I just made my transactions um after, since the rule change. I I spent a bunch of time changing my team and everything, and kind of transforming an attack, which I can't do all of it today. But uh, I'm starting to throughout the week, as I get less restrictions with transactions because you know you have a certain amount of days and until things go into effect. And uh, so I've been working on that, getting rid of guy like, Ryu. I think I got rid of and. I think I got rid yeah. of Cronenworth, bold pick of mine. I got rid, I got rid of Cronenworth, so Dom can snatch him up if he wants. Um, I'm trying to get a little bit better, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, get a little bit more crafty here, especially with the pitching. I got to, you know, I'm debating on Degrom right now because he's hurt. He's gonna be hurt for a while, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking a gamble with him still. Yeah, it depends how long he'll be out for, really. He's just sitting in my IL, and I can't wait for him to get back. Not going to lie. Uh, whenever he gets back, if he does. Is he going to come back in July? I don't know what his timetable is. I know, I do know that Max Scherzer, he, he was supposed to start this weekend series, but they decided to hold him back in the minor leagues and give him one more rehab start before sending him back up, and that's happening. Uh, actually, that happened Tuesday. It's happening tonight. So, I don't know what the results are on that right now. I might be able to look it up, actually, right now. Um, but I know that's happening, and then that sh assuming there are no hurdles or setbacks with that, he should be coming up and starting probably this weekend. Great. Okay, so yeah, that's... Um, wow, this weekend? Yeah. Right, yeah, that's, yeah, that's why it would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday would make it five days. Yeah, true. Uh, so there we go. Uh, never mind on that. His rehab start has been postponed to tomorrow night. They just wanted to give him an extra day, I guess. So he'll be. So assuming that goes well, um, should be very early next week, either Monday or Tuesday. He'll be coming back to the majors. It sounds like. Fantastic. So, can't wait for that. Mets desperately need uh, ace pitchers, ASAP. Uh, so that's so that's what they'll be doing. And they're holding the fort pretty well right now. Uh, surprisingly, it's almost July, and they're still somehow winning games. Blasphemy to me. Um, well, if that's all you guys have, uh, right? Did I miss anything, or no? Um. Is that every? I think it's everything. Should we all the big stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's all. all right, that's yeah. all the. That's all the big stuff. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. And then yeah, and then I guess the one thing is kind of cool is that you know I think we're seeing like, and we I sent it to you guys before the show started is that you know obviously we're seeing Vlad Jr. like real son in the major leagues and he's killing it. Obviously we have Kevin Biggio in the league, the son of Craig Biggio, and you know he's not doing you know so great. But something that's cool is you know the sons of Gary Sheffield, David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez. Um, Big Poppy, they're all playing with each other. I think in minor league ball, which I think is really cool. So we're seeing kind of this new wave of, of like, 
of talent from old ballplayers that we once kind of grew up watching to an extent come up and we now get to see them ourselves and you know hopefully they live up to what their fathers did yeah absolutely and that's um you know that's uh you know i it's a great point and, and it's a lot more there's a lot more of that kind of talent now in baseball with father um with 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 you know old, former players the sons playing in the league now so that's uh it's really cool that anthony brought that up so uh just a little bit of notoriety there um so that's that's it and then thursday we'll have dom here so we should have everybody on thursday um with that in mind so we'll get to everything else um we got a couple debates coming here on thursday with regard to umpiring things like that a lot to discuss when we get to that point but for me tommy franks jeff wilkinson anthony colasano uh we will see you then email the podcast swing the twig at gmail.com if you want to reach out talk about talk about the show anything like that until friday we will see you then have a good one everybody Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.